0: hello it's david here like a lot of you i'm working from home from the garden in fact and like a lot of you that still means having to work so the leader will continue to be published at 4 p.m every day and we're going to bring you all the latest news commentary analysis and advice as we all go through this unique time subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode this is the new reality and from the evening standard in london this is the leader Hi, I'm David and Coronavirus is here, so what do we do now? It's pretty hard to imagine doing this for
1: six months, let alone 18 months, as some are suggesting till a vaccine is ready.
0: Associate Editor Julian Glover on the action the country and the government must take to get us through this crisis.
2: Also... What, I do mean, any of us have really seen something which involves a virus. You know, I've never covered anything which is... A, invisible and difficult to illustrate
0: evening standard photographer jeremy selwyn's been out since 4 30 this morning he tells us what he's seen
3: and the one nice thing about this whole awful awfulness is that you get to you do get to be at home and you do get to be more comfortable
0: fashion editor karen dacre on what to wear when you're working at home and why it really does matter Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the Evening Standard on why the nation needs leadership in the shadow of fear.
4: This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the Axis Startup Angel Competition. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
2: This is a message from the government about coronavirus.
0: You may have heard this when you got up this morning. A new government radio advert giving advice on coronavirus. If you or anyone in your household has a high temperature or a new and continuous cough,
2: Even if those symptoms are mild, you should all stay at home. Don't go to the GP or hospital. Instead, go to nhs.uk to check your symptoms and follow
0: the specialist medical advice. But so much of what has come from Downing Street has at times seemed contradictory. Advice appears to change. Strategy seems to shift. The Evening Standard editorial column says the country's leadership has to step up.
4: Fear is quickly gripping our country. There is the fear of the unknown death toll that the COVID-19 coronavirus will reap. There is the fast-growing fear of business failure and unemployment. There is the new fear of shortages. What is needed is leadership. Keep calm and carry on was the subliminal wartime message from the Prime Minister. But let's never mistake the language of reassurance with a lack of urgency. The one thing Britain didn't do in the 40s was keep calm and carry on. The Blitz spirit didn't mean standing there and waiting for the bombs to fall. Blackouts were imposed, shelters were built, and rationing was introduced. Every area of national life was urgently mobilised to confront the national crisis. We say the same as needed now. Boris Johnson always dreamt of being the next Winston Churchill. Let's see.
0: Our associate editor Julian Glover is also working from home. Julian, the UK woke up to a different country this morning, didn't it? An absolutely extraordinary, sensational and
1: rapid change to our country. Not just different to last week, but different to any point in almost any of our lives. Lots of people are being told to stay at home. Schools are still open, but parents seem to be told to pick kids up distancing from others. Where shops are open, but under huge Pressure In London, we've seen extraordinary scenes in, in Pictures in the Evening Standard, of raiding shelves, of, of real panic buying. Scenes, too, of empty trains, deserted railway stations, shuttered theatres, pubs still open but worried about their future. Should people go? They're told not to, but the pubs are still there. And the question really is, what happens now? Is this going to be the new reality? Do we settle into a more comfortable way of working? those of us who can work from home? Or do we continue with greater crisis? Is more panic, more fear to come? And that's what we address in the main leader in the Evening Standard today, an editorial that confronts the fear head-on, that does say this idea that we should just keep calm and carry on isn't quite enough. We have to keep calm, we have to carry on, but we're going to have to change too. And the leader talks about that. Things like data tracking with phones. Other countries are using it to help identify people who have the coronavirus infection and who've been treated. Um, All sorts of big changes to the way we fund businesses, to underwrite businesses large and small to ensure they don't go bust, that they can continue to employ people even if they're not working at full capacity. To stop crisis and a freeze in what's happening now, turning into an absolute spiral of depression.
0: Is the UK out of line with the rest
1: of the world, Julian? Not quite. We were last week. It seems the government tried to fend off a decision to shut stuff down. Some people say it should have happened earlier. People like Rory Stewart, who was campaigning to be mayor this May, now there won't be an election this year at all. Rory Stewart was urging last week rapid change It didn't come from the government. Now it more or less has, although we're still out of step on things like shutting schools. We haven't had the dramatic speech that the French have seen from President Macron ordering people to stay in homes for two weeks, really using the rule of law. There's still an element here of try to do your best, British people. Don't go to the pub, but the pub's open. That perhaps isn't going to continue very long either, and we will see a tighter set of restrictions bringing us further into line with the rest of the world. Everywhere is trying the same basic thing, which is to stop the spread of this disease. The problem, of course, is if you stop the spread of the disease or bring it under control, at least to some level, what do you do then? How do you let life resume without bringing the disease back? And that, I think, is going to be one of the great debates of the next few days. We don't know for sure if people get immune to it. We don't know if it will mutate. We don't know how badly it really affects everybody. It has terrible effects on some people. But many people seem to be at it in a mild form. Some seem to almost not know they've got it. So if that happens, do we begin to trust our ability to go out again? Does the government start to ease up? Or is this kind of lockdown forever? It's pretty hard to imagine doing this for six months, let alone 18 months, as some are suggesting, till a vaccine is ready.
0: So is there an economic package?
1: The big question everybody's asking today, apart from health and family and some of the great immediate pressures, is what does this mean for the economy? Because it's not just a disease for people, it's a disease for the economy, and the double effect of that could be the biggest disaster of all. If you run a restaurant, a pub, a shop, any kind of normal business, if you've done what the government's been saying for years, all sorts of governments saying start a business, give it a go, help make Britain great, people who've tried that, put their money and their time into businesses, are seeing An absolutely extraordinary threat. If people can't get to the shop, if they can't get supplies, if you can't bring people together, how does any business survive? Now, the government needs to have a massive economic package, and that's one of the things the leader in the Evening Standard calls for right away. What we need is not just some tax breaks or a few reliefs in the future, but to pump money directly through the banks into businesses so they can continue to employ people, not go bankrupt, and be there for the recovery. Effectively, that's a sensational change in the way we've run the state in Britain. It means huge amounts of debt piling up, but debt is better than a completely imploded economy. And is there a package ready? No. France gave a very, very strong promise. President Macron said no business will go bankrupt. Well, that's a good bit of leadership, but of course he's got to now work out how to fulfil that. The British government doesn't know if it can offer that guarantee in any way that would be realistic desperately urgent work to be done. The Chancellor is working on it. He doesn't have it yet. He will announce it. It's going to be massive. And I think the Evening Standard editorial is a tone of the scale of things to come. It's going to be sensational and it's going to be essential.
0: Next.
2: It's very eerie. You know, Trafalgar Square was really empty.
0: Photographer Jeremy Selwyn or what he's seen as the UK reacts to COVID-19.
2: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
4: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
0: By the very nature of his job, the evening Standard photographer Jeremy Selwyn can't work from home. You don't see him much in the office, though, either. He's always out from the crack of dawn, snapping those incredible shots that so often dominate our front pages. And he's been doing it again, risking his own health to get astonishing pictures of life under coronavirus. He's out and about just now, but he's with me on the phone. And Jeremy, you were at Tesco this morning at half past four. What did you see?
2: It was Bedlam in there. People were stripping the shelves, there was nothing left, they'd just had some kind of delivery of toilet roll, but I saw the last few just going. Tins were gone, bread was gone, people were all masks on their faces at that time of day. It was just amazing sight.
0: Have you ever seen anything like this
2: before? No, I've not really seen anything like this before. I mean any of us have really seen something which involves a virus. You know, I've never covered anything which is A, invisible and difficult to illustrate, and... Something that is just hitting us all. We have no choice. How
0: do you take a, a shot of Trafalgar Square with no one in it? What kind of thoughts are going through your mind as a photographer? How do I make this look like Trafalgar Square?
2: To see it at the moment with nobody in at eight nine o'clock in the morning, it's it's very eerie. You know, Trafalgar Square was really empty. As a photographer, I believe in just photographing what there is. I don't try and cut people out and try and cut edges out. Everyone thinks that's what we do and wait for a lull in the traffic or something. You do it as it is. So it's just surreal. There's not much traffic in the centre of London and I, I just am not used to seeing London like it. It's lost its buzz.
0: And what about when you're taking a picture on the tube, as you have done mm-hmm. it? There's an empty tube carriage. Nobody's on that tube because of this coronavirus. Are you not concerned for yourself sometimes, Jeremy, that you're taking shots in places where nobody would go? Yes, I'm very
2: concerned, and actually in the last couple of days, I've started to take new steps. Last week I was spending hours on the Tube every day, looking for different things and watching people. This week, well, I've taken a step away from the Tube. I've not been into the Tube, and I've really only been onto the concourses of the main stations. I think you have to call it sometimes and say, is this really necessary? I'll go into a concourse of a station, But to go down underground, I'm not sure for my own safety. It's really necessary to add to it. I don't want to spread to it. I don't have it, but you never know.
0: And you can see the photographs Jeremy was talking about there in the newspaper or online at standard.co.uk now. Obviously, I'm presenting this podcast from my house in my usual office attire of a three-piece suit and top hat. But some of you may be taking advantage of home working to dress down a bit, if indeed at all. Does it matter? And can you still be fashionable on the sofa? Our fashion editor, Karen Daker has written a piece on that very subject and she joins me now. Karen, does it matter what you wear when you're working from home?
3: I mean, I think it's a personal choice, as these things are. I mean, to me personally, it does matter because it's about changing into the a sort of professional version of yourself like i think if i just stayed in my really awful looking pajamas all day i might be less efficient than i am if i get up and have a shower and you know put something on that makes me feel more professional or at least more efficient and like, I'm able to function.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like putting a uniform on, isn't it? It gives you a mind shift. It goes, right, I'm, I'm at work now.
3: Yes, and that that's, means different things to different people. You know, some people get to go to work in a hoodie all the time, but I think um, it's just about kind of changing your, your state of mind from being off-duty to on-duty, and I think that's what clothes do for us. They change they change how we feel and how we kind of are outwardly looking to the, to the rest of the world. But do I need to iron a shirt, get my best suit out, put a tie on? No, I think you just need to put something on that makes you feel better. So makes you feel awake or makes you feel engaged. The one nice thing about this whole awful awfulness is that you get to you do get to be at home and you do get to be more comfortable and I think certainly for you know the sort of people that have to go to work and wear a suit and tie every day, it's an opportunity not to have to do that. If you have to have a conference call for instance, you don't want to be sat there like with nothing. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> not nothing, no. <laughs> yeah, so I think like there's ways to kind of to present you still need to present yourself as a professional person we could be in this situation
0: for quite a while though Karen is there an argument for the occasional PJ day
3: yes a hundred percent and you know there's never been a more exciting offering of pajamas on the market let me tell you you know loungewear and pajamas as a as a clothing category is one of the kind of most lucrative on the high street right now and actually in luxury there it's a hugely it performs incredibly well and loads of brands from kind of John Lewis right up to Net-a-Porter have already for a long time now been looking to that part of their business and increasing the number of brands that they stock because women, they, they kind of do care more about what they wear at home in a way that they never did before. And you know, maybe going to work is going to be like the most exciting prospect in the world so we'll all be stepping up our executive boardroom looks for next season, who knows?
0: And that's the leader. We'll be covering every aspect of the coronavirus outbreak every day, delivered at 4pm. Subscribe through your podcast provider and give us a rating too. We'll see you tomorrow.